0: now listening to the awakened soul all right ladies and gentlemen it's the awakened soul back again ah people how are you guys doing it's 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 we're coming off of Thanksgiving highs hopefully everyone had a good Thanksgiving uh this episode I know last week I told you guys we may not have an episode this week so I pulled something together because again I can't leave you guys without a dope pod to step to that would just be disrespectful um so on this week we're going to have a brief off the rip with CEO Hayes we're going to go from that into a discussion with Jackson from Sex with Strangers on the recent Mace and Cameron uh, uh, beef and stuff that's going around it's just a fun topic uh because we're both hip-hop heads you know that that drop originally started black friday um so i, I, I wanted to cover that and then we're also going to after that get into a punisher review with the andrew Bello. we're going to get into our intro music on the other side of the intro music we're going to go into that brief off the route with TEL hayes i'll see you guys on the other side
1: Soul.
0: soul. The, the awakened soul. soul. Alright, so as I said on the top of the show, it is Thanksgiving Hangover. Uh is is I guess the best way to describe it because that weekend is over with now, especially by the time you guys get this episode. Um what what were you guys thinking for? When you look back at this past year from last thanksgiving to this thanksgiving or even if you just look at what's happened in the calendar year in 2017 what are you most thankful for Uh, i think sometimes we, we all need to settle down slow down And even though sometimes it's so hard um, to step back from our situations and look and realize some of the things that we are truly, truly blessed to have, whether that's relationships, whether that's friendships, whether that's um, a job, the fact that you just have a job, there's a lot for people to be thankful about. And, um, you know, I mean, I I don't want to go into the cliche and just say, Oh, let's just be thankful that we're living, or or something like that. But you know, you definitely want to take this time and just reflect on where you were from last year to where you are this year, if nothing else. And if for some reason you aren't where you want to be, or maybe you feel like you've taken a step back, still having that time to reflect on the differences or, or notice that hey, this I've kind of set, taken a step back in 2017. Now it's time to start getting your your self prepared for how you're gonna now rectify that in two thousand eighteen um this podcast this week is gonna like i said it's, it's gonna be different i i we you almost didn't have an episode this week um but luckily. Uh, I w- I was able to pull Andrew Bello in, who's you know he- he's always down to record anything with me and, and contribute to the Awakening. So, uh we were talk we talked the Punisher. Um, and also got Jackson in uh, to talk about Mace. By-, by the way, and I know we'll get into it when you get into the segment. But shout shouts out to Mace, uh, for for being away so long and coming back uh, ferociously, so to say. Um, you know, I, I mean, uh, so be prepared next week um it may be another abbreviated episode only because it's it's haye's birthday weekend so i'm not sure exactly when i'll be able to record that episode i have stuff lined up i have things scheduled so you'll definitely get an episode it may just be a day late not a dollar short though if anything at a dollar but um yeah yeah for sure um I, and I wanna, I wanna say this, and this is how we're gonna end this before we get into the conversation with me and Jackson. Um, I wanna say I'm thankful to the listeners of the Awakened Soul. I wanna say I'm thankful to the contributors to the Awakened Soul. Um, even though this is technically a solo hosted podcast, as you guys know, I have contributors every week on on the podcast and you know i i can't be thankful enough for them to help um with my vision help with this podcast being interested in doing it um and just wanting to be a part of of this whole movement and um yeah and i, I i've been teasing for the last couple of weeks what we're getting ready to do in 2018 i'm still very excited to for that um <laughs> so yeah check out the documentary. 89 blocks um i can't say enough about even though i'm not from east st louis i'm from st louis but i can't say enough about that documentary and the fact that it should you know hopefully opens a lot of people's eyes um there's definitely stuff you can learn from it um so yeah shouts out to that um there's just a lot going on um that i'm that i want to talk about that um, the new Spike Lee TV show, uh, that's, that's now on Netflix that I haven't got to crack into yet, but I'm excited to, um, yeah, we got, we got a lot of things planned. Um, winding down in 2017, um, the awakened soul, uh, it's going to be. Um, a little different. It's going to be more reflective here coming up shortly. But we got very, very big things planned. Like I said, that other project that's coming along, the Awakened Soul itself. We got some some dope things going on. Shouts out to Oversaturated the podcast. Shouts out to Andrew Bello. Shouts out to Billy Ray Valentine with the Infinite Fringe. Um, yeah, it, it's I've been blessed to know a lot of creative uh, people who push me um to do a lot more, and so that we're going to continue that in 2018 for sure. Um, yeah, this i d I don't know. Maybe it's the season. I'm not really a uh holidays person who gets really big into it. Uh me and Andrew were recording uh the other day. He was like, Man, what's so with you? Why are you so so thankful all of a sudden? And I don't know, I guess I guess just with the awakened soul, man, it's just really has made me more aware of certain stuff um and where I need to improve as a podcaster and the people who've helped me get to where I've gotten to. Um so just, I just I definitely want to thank all 2000 of you who are subscribed to this podcast i want to thank you guys for being a part of this journey episode 23 last week had some audio issues so if you downloaded it after a, co- a couple days after it was released um and you notice that re-downloaded, i fixed those i re-uploaded it um but that's enough of off the road with hayes that's enough of me just freaking just running off at the mouth but nonetheless i guess that's why you guys are here is the podcast we're gonna get into um the mace this song oracle which which kind of brought uh jackson here and then on the other side of that we're gonna get into a punisher conversation with the andrew Bell. yeah
2: now we Mad in 20 years with a of bitch in the same drama. Dane told you do this shit and you don't see Dane karma. K9 on your ass, nigga, no distraction. Pussy nigga wearing pink, guess he think he matching. I'm going to paint a picture, let the niggas make the caption. Fuck bars, I'm going to tell niggas what really happened. You hear this tone, you know the Mac is in my seat. You see exactly what I see. You know my rap is not for free. You send them pussy niggas to the hill to trap me in the V. In the v. You singing? nigga, do be no backup bitch with me. I chew that nigga to my teeth first. Don't even hit the weed first, but you used to say I'm blessing I ain't even sleep first but Judah got on you don't even need no research hand filthy, hard heart guilty nigga like me need church text know you as the nigga that slish on the rock DC Crips only know you the nigga they shot OG niggas don't have no history with you on the block and everybody seen the footage you got ever since 10 you was a thirsty nigger. i ain't gonna talk about the time you fucked your sister
0: Ladies and gentlemen what's going on it's your boy CEO Hayes here again. Uh, this time in the cypher, we got, we had, we had some shit pop up this weekend. I hope everyone enjoyed their holiday, but well, we did get We got some stuff that dropped on Black Friday, uh, with me to talk about, uh, the goings on. We got Jackson 1616 in the building again. What's going on, Jackson?
3: Yeah, yeah. I know this ain't no, uh, I know this ain't no, you know, SWS, but still that's my, that's my trademark. So I got to say the year. What's going
0: on though? What up? What's up, man? Uh so I know I invited you on because I know you a dipset fan like I am. Uh yeah. probably even more so than me, but <laughs> yo <laughs> so we had Mace of all people drop a diss track on Black Friday early in the morning. I mean, it was like nine AM when the track jo- dropped dropped. Yeah. Shit's crazy, man. What 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 was your first reaction when you heard it for the first time?
3: oh uh, well first thing like not even, I'm, I'm about to get off track already, but like, I was listening to the Fab and Jada shit. Like, which you know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, which is, which is high. And I was listening to the, uh, the Dave East joint, which I had told y'all about too. I don't know if you listened to that yet, but I was like in the, I was in the middle of like playing that shit and listening to that and zoning out to that and trying to figure out who's better, like Fab and Jada, who went harder on the intro and all, all this. And then, uh, somebody, it wasn't y'all. Somebody had sent me, somebody has sent me like a link. To the SoundCloud, uh, to, uh, of the song, uh, the Oracle joint, the Mace joint. And I was like, what the fuck is this? So I was trying to look it up on SoundCloud and I kept typing in the Oracle and it kept bringing in, it kept bringing up like a whole bunch of different other shit that wasn't Mace or whatever. So I kind of typed it in differently for a few, for a few minutes. And then it finally came up and then I listened to it. I was like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Like. <laughs> Damn, like what happened? Like, what, why does this nigga so mad? Don't he supposed to be in church or something like that? Like, what's, and yo, the shit was crazy. Like, and I'm a Mace fan too. You know what I'm saying? Cause like Mace was always hot to me, really. It, he kind of diluted himself or kind of like, as far as hip hop is concerned, when he left the game and then said he was gonna become a pastor and then tried to not be a pastor no more and then come back and like do the walking back shit, smiling and cheesing. And then he signed with G Unit, which was kind of weird. Because that's not really his, his lane or his, his style or whatever. And he just like went back away again. And, but he could always rap though. You know what I'm saying? And then at the end of the day, like he's Mace. Like us who appreciate Mace know Mace from the nineties, like Mace that's from Children right. of the Corn Mace or Mace, like when he, when he got on with, uh, with Diddy and they was always dancing and shit and smiling in the videos and, and all that. But even with all of that stuff, like he could always, rap, though. You know what I'm saying? And it was, on one hand, it was refreshing to not only hear Mace, but hear him rap well. And then, but it was kind of like disappointing too, because Cam is the nigga. Like, Cam is, you know what I'm saying? Cam a legend. Like, I always say this shit all the time. Like, nigga, Cam a legend, man. And they used to be cool or whatever. So, and then he murdered, he was, he was killing them too. Yeah. I was like, shit, he was killing them. I was like, damn, like, what happened? Like, what the fuck happened? Or what made him make this song? Like, and why did he go in? So, he went in, like, he not only went into the front door, he went into every room and checked the closets and looked under the rugs. Like, he was, he went in totally.
0: Absolutely. And like, yeah. and like you, when I heard it, I was like, okay, I wonder why this is popping up now. I mean, yeah, they've been beefing off and on for like 15 years or whatnot. But apparently, uh, Cameron had posted to his Instagram live and they had talked about uh, the fact that he had to either shade Mace so he he didn't have to kill him. So, that's what made Mace... Come back with, with like this, yeah. So I mean, I saw
3: that on the uh, on the intro to the program, shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard, yeah, I heard about that. Shit. So, so I mean, that 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 I guess is what made him come back. But I will say this: like in year 2017, we had Jay Z drop 444, which was basically a spoken word album because he didn't rap one bar on the whole entire album. <laughs> we had we had Eminem drop. Uh, one of the worst singles that he ever has in his career with Beyonce. It's refreshing to see Mace, who be, who's been away from the game so long, who's in his forties, come back and be able to rap like this. Like, it take the diss track out of it before. I mean, not even talking about that aspect of it. This guy had bars in this song. Bars. Yeah,
3: he did. He did. So he, did. Uh, he definitely
0: did. So yeah, I mean, and then go ahead. Oh
3: no, I was just gonna say he, he definitely had bars. I, I don't even know if because uh, Mace has been out, not even been out, but he was out so long ago. I wonder, I wonder if anyone else younger than us, like really understands like how monumental kind of like that this was or this is, or do they even like do they even resonate? Does it does Mace even like ring a bell to to young people or like do they? recognize him as like yo that's like a kind of like a OG or they just like who the fuck is this old nigga Like, I, I just wonder how the younger generation is kind of like looking looking at it or reacting to it
0: yeah absolutely because you have to think that there has to be a nice section of people who only know Mace from Welcome Back if they know him at all like that's the most recent thing he, he did and that still wasn't Mace in the 90s like people forget Mace like you said Mace can rap Mace can go if he wants to yeah um, yeah and he he definitely reminded a lot of people now, and I think that you know Cameron and and Dipset have always you know they flirted in and out. They've been gone for a little while. They come back, but they've kind of always stayed relevant in a way. Um, So if if nothing else, I think that that would bring people into, to Oracle just because they know he's dissing Cam and Cam's kind of always in some form or fashion been around, you know, the dip set is prepping their, their comeback. So this hit at the right, right time. If you want to look at it, it maybe the wrong time, depending on how you want to view it. Um, but overall, before we get into, into Cameron's response, what do you, what do you rate Oracle? Oh man.
3: What, what's, what's the, What's a ten to you though? Like what's what's the scale? Like what's the standard? What's what diss track is a ten? I know you probably uh, gonna say ice cream, right? Uh, ice Cube. Yeah, or? no
0: Viceline, Ether. Um, I would say uh when M and 50 did redid Hail Mary on Ja, that was that was probably a ten. Um I don't think
3: I've I don't think I've heard that.
0: Oh really? Oh I don't, I, don't I'm think I've on on, on on Run Quick C Yeah you, Oh yeah, yeah. It, I ain't heard. Oh.
3: I haven't heard him on that.
0: Oh.
3: I don't give a fuck about video on that. I haven't heard him on that shit. I'm okay. I, I gonna have to YouTube that
0: shit after we get off. Oh, I'll send you the but, link as so. soon as we get done recording. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
3: that sounds that sounds like a ten just from the just from the beat that you're telling me that they rapping. On. I only gotta hear that shit. But if all right, but if if Novas and and if either are like in that top or in that like top elite tier, uh, I'll probably get a mace track like a. At least like an eight, eight and a half. I can't say it's a 10. I can't say I had the reaction that Ether had or that even when I heard Nova I and mean, Lee even even I was still kind of young, like I can't because at those times, those distracts to me, like the two people were like in the, in the prime of their, of their career. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's when like it, it would be different now if like Nas came with Ether versus versus Jay. Cause like them niggas is, I don't want to say that they over the hill, but they're not like, in their prime, like, when y'all niggas is like, yo, these two niggas are, like, the top two people in rap. Like, because it it's not like that right now with Mace and with Ken. I I'm mean, saying. they both legends, but they both have already kind of, like, had their, had their heyday. And, like, yeah. today is not it. So, for that reason alone, I can't really give it a nine or above. So, I, I'll give it, like, an eight, eight and a
0: half. Yeah, I have to agree with you. It was probably more like a seven and a half, flirting with the eight to me. I mean, once you, once... It wears off the fact that how just shocked I was that Mace came out with a diss track in 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it was, it was, he had bars. It was dope, but it, I, I just don't think it rakes up there with the classics. Um, but now we have to get into the other side because uh, he, he flirted with it the same day. Black Friday, he had his little Instagram post, uh, that flirted the track, uh, dinner time, which was Cameron's response. Today was the first day I heard the full track. Man. I, I, I'm not happy with this one, man. I, I wanted more. Like, when, when, when that snippet was posted to Instagram, I'm like, okay, this is probably going to be dope. Like, hearing the full song, like, Dead Series Jackson, me and you right now recording over Skype would, would produce a better quality mix than, than what Cameron did. But.
3: Yeah, oh, you disrespectful. you <laughs> disrespectful. Oh, that's so funny, man. But nah, like, I just. The IG shit had me hyped. Because it, it, it didn't have me, it had me hype, not even really about the song, but just the fact that it took it back to like like real like rappers, like real rapping. Because like, and, you know, it wasn't no wasn't no, I'm going to see you at your door and let's fucking fight. Or I'm going to shoot you. It was like, oh, shit, this nigga made a song. Shit was decent. He getting he getting a reaction from it. I'm a fucking rapper. I got bars. I'm about to go make a song right now. I'm rich. I don't got to go to work. I don't have to I don't have to wait until I get off to go I got a studio in my house. I'm about to go make some shit right now. And like from the video snippet it seemed like it seemed as if he like he accepted the challenge with open arms and was actually excited to to kind of go back at him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's really what got me hyped. And then like the beat that they had in the back I I feel like the beat was with hard or whatever. And then from the like you said, from like the little bars that he did spit, I was like, oh shit, he about to he about to come back at him like on some on some on some serious shit. And he was uh, and his energy in the video was crazy. The nigga was dancing. This nigga Kimbo never danced. The nigga was like dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit, this nigga did cooked up some shit within like 20 minutes. Like, goddamn. So I was in ante- I was, I guess I was like the anticipation of it was really, really high. Um, I did hear the full song today for the first time. And, uh, it wasn't like, uh, I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't like, oh shit, this nigga killed him or nothing like that. But I also, I also didn't have the like, oh, that shit was completely trash feeling either. And I don't know, maybe I'm biased because I'm just like a Cam fan. But I felt like in the, in the, and maybe it was because he lit some of the words out in the snippet. Yeah. As opposed, as opposed to, you know what I'm saying, maybe just letting the beat drop. And like maybe giving us one bar and then cutting the video off, but we kind of heard half of the song already, yeah. so that might have kind of taken some of the sting out of it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like because like with the May shit, it wasn't like yo here go the first sixteen bars and I'm gonna give you all the seventeen through thirty two when the full song come out. Like no, that nigga just came with a full song four minutes out of nowhere. So like the shock value of it, I feel like was way higher than than the camera response. So yeah. I don't know if that was a mistake that he made or cause I don't think the song was trash, but I don't think it was as good as it, it definitely was as good as uh as Mace's first punch, like,
0: Yeah, what um just to ask you, what do you think Cameron's best diss song was? Personally, I think uh You Gotta Love It is one is probably his best diss song. That was one of the Jay Z disses. Um but you, yeah. me and you talked in the chat. I, I just I, for Cameron diss songs I've never really been a fan, but the energy on them is usually crazy and undeniable. Uh, what what do you think? What do you think Cam's best diss song is?
3: I mean, the most memorable one to me, like I said before, is the Curtis shit. it was funny because because I don't, I really don't remember no lines except for that one. And it's kind of like for me, it's kind of like like if you go to a like you might not even know who Kevin Hart is, but you know, uh, you're gonna learn today, or you or you know, like um, you know what I'm saying, like you know, like signature lines like that. So for So for me, when you're talking about a diss track, like you said, sometimes you could just be coming at somebody, you know what I'm saying, on some disrespectful shit, or you can come from the angle of funny. I'm gonna make people laugh at you. I'm gonna basically embarrass you. You can come from that angle. And I kind of feel like that is more so Cam's lane, or that's his angle when you're talking about a diss track, because he is, he funny as shit. He witty, like, and he, you could, you just feel like if you, his personality is, He'll probably just make fun of you until you just fucking decide to like, all right, leave. I'm, I'm, I'm out because y'all are talking about me too much. And I just kind of feel like that's his, he probably feels more comfortable in that lane as opposed to the, you know, just coming out super disrespectful. They're just straight bars type of lane. So I feel, I mean, and I feel like when you're doing a diss track, you, you can either go one or those two ways. And I just feel like he goes the comical way. Um, and maybe that doesn't have, a, 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 the effect. That, like, maybe, like, the Mace Way did or the 50 Way did. Um, I mean, but that's just, I don't know. I I just feel like that's his, that's his lane. I mean, I feel like it's Curtis, though. Curtis! Like, that's funny. Like, that's funny. And, like, till the end of time, that's funny. So, and
0: 50 50 named the album after it. So
3: that. (laughs) And if you, like, and I feel like, uh, Cam don't really make, he doesn't really make diss songs. He'll put a couple of lines that will be a diss in a song. Yeah. Cause it was, I kind of, I like, just kind of like thinking back of like a lot of the Kim shit that I've listened to over, um, over the years. I feel like he's done that a lot. Like he'll put like one or two lines, like that's a jab here or jab there, but it's not a whole song devoted to just dissing somebody. And like the song could be hot. Like, and I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like again, like that's more his thing. Like he, I think he's focused on like making a dope song. And, okay, if I got beat with somebody, I'll throw a couple lines in here and there. But at the end of the day, like, I just want the song to be dope. So I think that might also make it seem or what makes you think that he's not really a good diss rapper, which he he probably isn't because that's, that's not his thing, I don't think.
0: No, and I feel you on the funny thing because uh, even after this, Mace had a tweet where he was like uh – uh. What did he say exactly? You're you're still my brother. If you want to be, this was just for bragging rights. And Cam's response was, "Yeah, we're still brothers. I'm glad I get to brag. Oh, uh, so when yeah. you leaving Harlem again tomorrow? Yeah. Like that, that <laughs> like anyway. that. That energy is just funny as hell. Like, and I, and some some instances, I I understand where you're coming from. Like, sometimes just being your natural humor itself comes off like I ain't even worried about it. So it it, it make it makes it it diffuses it." from the from the jump um but yeah cam is way more funny like i I would i would enjoy hearing him crack jokes on the song but uh do you think we get any more you think this is the end of it you think we're gonna get mace responding again because i i personally i don't feel like mace needs to at this point
3: i don't i definitely don't think that he needs to respond um i think his song spoke for itself but i think the way that cam's at least instagram personality is i don't think he's gonna stop he's not i don't think he's necessarily gonna make more songs But I don't think he's gonna, I don't think he's gonna stop for a while with just like the funny hosts or like maybe he, this nigga might go on some Instagram live shit like he did with Jim or something like that. (laughs) Like I think that's, like I said, like I feel like he'd be on the more like, I'ma just embarrass you with jokes and and shit like that as opposed to actually making like a, um, an actual song that's like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a formal, a formal track. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be more like off the cuff. Uh, with Cam, I don't feel like Mace. I don't feel like Mace needs to do another song though. Like you said, like that nigga, he came out swinging like hard. Like that nigga came out with straight uppercuts and left hooks, <laughs> and
1: straight yeah, up. Like
3: yeah. he did his thing. Yeah, on some. It would be. It would shit. be nice. It would be nice to fucking hear Mace like not even on the dish yet, but just like to see if he can still kind of I don't know, like make make a, make some music though, like because he I, clearly he can still rap yeah. clearly. But yeah, I don't know how he would be. I don't
0: know. We'll we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing another Mace project. But uh, before we go, you know, I'm gonna let, let you plug your social media. I gotta ask you, man since since you're a fellow hip hop head, rap album of the year for you, so rap project of the year so far because we'll count mixtapes and everything. What what, what yeah, you I was, got?
3: I was gonna say because. I, honestly, I don't be up on a lot of albums nowadays. Mm. Um, it it really depends on what
0: it is. Uh,
3: did the Kendrick joint come out this year?
0: Yeah, damn, came out. I think what like February early this year, February March of this year. Okay, Cam came out. Th- um, I can't
3: fucking Drake came out this year. French Montana came out this year. Uh, Jay came out. I'm just I'm just reminding myself of what came out. Um, fucking Cam came out with his fucking mixtape. Meek came out. I like, I really liked the Meek album. Uh, yeah. that joint was really fucking good. I wasn't, um, everybody was on J shit. I liked it. I didn't love it though. Um, I don't know if that's blasphemous or not, but yeah, I, I, I honestly like on my, I only have like five songs. On it, like I listened through the whole thing, and I only have five songs on my shit that I really, really like. Uh I really like French Montana shit too. I'm gonna go with Meek though. If I I'm had to make a for like for like a real like a, a an actual album, not a project, um, I had to pick Meek, man. Um, I'm I'm probably missing some shit because I know some people came out that I that I don't really know. Um, but if we're gonna go project though. I don't know you, nigga. You go. Let me fucking <laughs> let me get my memory. Let me get my memory. right. I'm
0: a I'm a huge Kendrick fan. So damn is definitely up there, but um, I still got I got to sit with it a little bit longer because it just came out. Um, that's how the Prince I love, but that big crit. I'm a crit fan. That shit was hot too.
3: I and, haven't even listened to the whole thing, but I listened to uh, I listened to a few tracks on there, and every one of them I heard was dope. Even like the production is dope yeah in itself like yeah, before so, he even start
0: rapping so yeah i think i think that's why i'm giving it to crit like crit is just a i mean kendrick at this point you you come to expect a certain level of quality and i don't want to take that away from it being the album of the year but the crit project just it just feels like such a good piece of music uh, well piece of work um yeah it's, it's definitely up there so right right now it's between dam and and um and the in the new Crit album, but I I can't call it right now. I have to sit with both of them a little bit longer. Yeah,
3: I'm a, um. Shit, didn't that fucking uh didn't that Fab come out this uh, summertime shootout too? Was is that this year? Was that last
0: year? I don't remember. That might have been last summer. I don't remember.
3: I will just be wanting to throw my niggas in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that that did come out this year. I think that came out in August. Well, summertime shootout three came out this year.
3: That debut is hot though.
0: I haven't heard that yet. I haven't heard that at all yet. So I got to crack into that.
3: Up. That Dave East is popping, bro. He he reminded me. Of, I don't know if you're a big Lloyd Banks fan or not, but like, like I've been listening to East for a couple of years, and I just like the way his flow has. It sounds more professional. He reminded me. Of, he reminded me of Banks on, on a lot of them because like I feel like Banks puts. He could put in a lot of words, a lot of bars into a verse, but doesn't sound winded and he like he sounds real he still he always sounds calm. He always sounds like very uh everything sounds real fluid. Like he don't sound like he's struggling yeah. to, to rhyme all, all of his lines, and all of his words. And for whatever reason on the few songs that I listened to back to back on the new uh East fucking project, man, he was his flow just sounded way more mature. It just sounded like he was a professional rapper now. And like I don't know that, that shit is hot. You got you gotta hear that shit I don't know if you fuck with East or not, but that shit is all right, man. He's a good ass storyteller, too. That's what I like about it.
0: Cool. Yeah, I, def- I definitely have plans to check that out. I'll probably, they may, they may have to get thrown on tomorrow at work because I already know I'm going to be head first into some damn paperwork all day tomorrow. But that, that's that's for another, another day, <laughs> another story. Uh, Jackson, tell the people where they can find you before we go ahead and head out.
3: All right. Uh, my Instagram is Jackson1616. That's J A X O N. One six one six. Also, I'm on another podcast called Sex with Strangers, a grown folks podcast. Uh, our IG is Sex with Strangers podcast. Um, the website, www.sexwithstrangerspodcast.com. We got a live show coming up on Saturday that you will be at. It's gonna be popping, ghost of four, all that. Free drinks, free shots, uh free food, free condoms, cause somebody gonna be fucking <laughs> shit.
0: <laughs> man, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's that's gonna be fun, man. Definitely. Uh well because <laughs> I know I de- no damn sure I ain't gonna be able to podcast nothing next weekend. We'll talk about that <laughs> on a later date. But uh, I appreciate you coming on last minute to talk about this, Jackson.
3: Alright, no doubt, no doubt.
0: All right, so that was the conversation with Jackson talking about hip hop. I mean, beef is an integral part of hip hop. It's it's woven in to you know. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm getting too technical, but y'all know, man. Every everyone knows they like hearing a good diss track from time to time. That's just you can't say that you don't. I I now I, I some of the nonsense that come comes with some beefs. Of course, we can all go without that. But just two MCs going at each other. It, everyone loves that for the most part but we're gonna go ahead get into another brief musical intro on the other side of that we're gonna get into the punisher review and that's the last segment of this podcast you hear my voice one more time after that just telling you, you good people good night uh let's go ahead let's get that which their music should start right about now
2: Tell the rambler, the gambler, the
0: backbiter, tell them that God's going to cut them down.
1: Tell them that God's going to cut them down. I have
0: uh, my esteemed guest here, one of, one of the, the the co-conspirators of mine and a, and a consistent contributor here to the Awakened Soul. We got Andrew Bellow in the building. What's going on?
1: co-conspirator seems about right yeah let's go with that not too much man always happy to be on the awakened soul and happy to be talking about mcu related things in general so let's get to it man.
0: yeah let's definitely get to it so this series stars john berthal um yeah, originally i think i first got familiar with him from the walking dead which he was great in he also had a role in uh i forgot the name of the movie he was in with the rock but he was really good in that as well i'm, I'm really finding myself to just be a, becoming a fan of his in general um but yeah yeah what what did you think first let's talk about the cast before we get into the details of, of the show like how do you feel about john Berthall as as frank castle
1: well, yeah, I've been paying attention to the MCU stuff on the, I guess, the MCNU with the, the Netflix universe here uh, for a little bit. I, I didn't catch on to Daredevil quite a, quite a, until later on, actually, until after Luke Cage. I went back and then finally watched Daredevil. But you get Frank Castle appearing in season two there. And realistically, from the first time I even saw the trailer of his fir- of his appearance, uh, which was the whole – basically that whole scene in the prison of him just mowing through an entire ward basically of prisoners on his way to try and get through this hallway. And it was like this just bloody, gory, vicious scene. And I'm like, all right, they're going to give me this. I can get down with this. And and it's been a very, very good Depiction of what I imagine The Punisher to be in my vague sense of not being a comic book reader.
0: I, I, I like that. I like that. And so, um, I mean. I guess if we were going to have to go off the the, the main secondary character, it would have to be David Lieberman, a.k.a. Micro, um, a, a actor who I was not familiar with at all. Uh, we've already talked about the fact that he looks just like Kenny Omega, which if you're not a wrestling fan, you, of course, don't understand that reference yeah. at all. But what did you think about him?
1: Uh, I think he was great. I mean, like the whole – his character in general is just kind of like it was what it was. Uh, you needed him to have somebody to bounce something off of if it wasn't going to be Karen, which he could have done, I guess. But uh, I, I like the introduction of him. Um, but also just his relationship with Frank was like – I don't know. He Micro is is equally if not more calculated than Frank, which is hard to do because Frank is you know so meticulous and so – militaristic obviously um, about about how he plans everything out and so Micro had to like earn his trust but at the same time like kind of prove his worth so in that first encounter where he he tricks him into going onto the wrong rooftop to go after him and all that kind of stuff from that moment to you know all the way eventually where they're on a level that Micro ultimately takes care of Gunner uh, the fellow marine that fell when they attacked uh, them up on that mountain in Kentucky. And, you know, he, he just knew Frank wouldn't want to leave a Marine behind. He respected him on that level. And he, he, he earns Frank's trust over the course of it. And I think that comes into play in, in another storyline that I guess we'll get into a little bit later on involving Karen.
0: Yeah. I mean, in Karen page was in this show as well. Uh, I, I have, I don't know I, I, I don't know if I like how she was brought in I mean it makes sense to those two characters in the story that was built in Daredevil but I don't know I kind of wanted Frank to stand more of his own but I, I understand it um, let's get into the the villain who wasn't always the villain as far as at the beginning of the series and that is uh, Billy Russo played by Ben Barnes and I know we're probably gonna have a lot to talk about this character but uh, just strictly sticking to the actor and the performance how, how did you feel he performed in the show
1: yeah, I thought he was really good. Um I, I kind of compare him to um uh, what is the the Meacham brother um oh, from from Iron Fist. I can't yeah, even think of his I first name, his first but to but he's kind of got that same sort of uh, just he, he, almost like the Miz as our wrestling fans. He's just just got that face you want to punch. Like I, I knew from the jump when he was introduced that he was probably going to ultimately turn on Frank. Like knowing their relationship early on, and then ultimately they built over the course of a couple episodes um, that he you know was really maybe, maybe he actually was there to help Frank or whatever the case may be. And then when he turned, and it was obvious that he was working with. Uh, Agent Orange and all that kind of stuff like it it was the story in and of itself was was well done. I think Uh, it wasn't necessarily as cliche as it could have been and i i don't know i thought i thought the, the actor did a good job i thought the role was good and i'm interested to see when he comes back as i guess you you'll tell me the name of the character but i figured ultimately this guy was going to turn into some sort of supervillain and that's ultimately where we went did i say ultimately enough times <laughs> yeah
0: you said it you said it enough times but uh <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you, you you knew where it was going to go once he started to do that turn and then we also had uh, Amber Reva I believe is how you pronounce it um, playing Dinah Madani is that how you pronounce her last name uh, she was the, the the she worked for the Department of Homeland Security um, working to take Frank Castle down she was really one of the first ones to catch on that he still may be alive her story was, was you know pretty deep itself what did, what did you think about her
1: uh, I, I like this character. She was, you know, from from the get go, you kind of figured that she was you know, I, I thought it was pretty clear that she was ultimately going to make that kind of call at the end of the day that she was going to help Frank or realize that Frank wasn't so bad or whatever the case may be. Um, but she she played a good role here. I thought the character, again, was good. I thought I thought it was overall a good performance. Just another you know aspects to what was ultimately an awesome show and i guess in a, in a lot of respects a, as good a job as these individual actors did like just overall this show was just so well executed that uh e- each of them shine a little bit more because of it i suppose
0: yeah yeah i mean it, the the cast it's kind of all works hand in hand and you know i'm sure we'll talk about the other characters and we talk about this show but let's let's start right from the beginning so we open up the show um with uh with frank working in the construction yard um and he's not well no we actually open up seeing him kind of first clean up I guess some of the loose ends leaving from uh, the end of Daredevil season 2 we do get to see him in the Punisher outfit with the skull on first before we see him in the construction yard um, and, and you know I like how they how they linked all that together but ultimately I mean we do wind up with him just trying to live out a regular life not bother anyone and of course as th- tends to happen with these shows uh, a set of circumstances gets him right back into action what did you think about this first episode and how it rep- up to getting Frank Castle back to being active, so to say.
1: Yeah, I I, I thought it made sense. Ultimately, um, the, I, I kind of figured there was going to be some sort of encounter, particularly with that like jerk at the job. You know, that whole angle with uh with him being uh the, you know the, i guess the the quote retard of the group and where he was just so silent and just didn't talk to anybody at work he was just hammering away at the wall uh to to you know vent his frustrations about his life and and the events of his past and it it was just you know it was inevitable obviously like you said with the show that somebody was going to uh pick a fight with him he was going to end up you know punishing somebody <laughs> and um yeah it was it was a good episode i mean overall i I honestly can't think back specifically at the episodes because i binged it so hard i watched (laughs) i watched about four and then i watched the next eight in succession basically or the next nine in succession
0: absolutely it all starts blurring together after a while but it's hard not to binge these shows because they're so good usually i mean even iron fist which i wasn't super high on i still binge just because i mean you want to get through the story um but yeah, so let's let's just talk about it. Let's not talk about it in any type of chronological order necessarily. Let's just break it down however we we decide to go. I want to say first and foremost, John Burnthall is is Frank Castle now for me. I before for me I think it was Thomas Jane. Um like, I just associated... Anytime I thought about live action, I associated him with the Punisher. Uh, he, his story in this... I mean, we talked about it when we talked about Daredevil. I mean... Well, I talked about that with Coop. You, you weren't on that that show, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, everything about uh just the build up in his family and that story it all makes sense like they did a good job of making you get emotionally attached to him uh in that show but i think they they drilled it home even more you get to learn about his army buddies what he went through when he was in when he was in the military and you know punching his uh his uh i guess his commanding officer i guess it was in the eye and and knocking the man's eye out but uh yeah Yeah. man it was so much so much good stuff in the show um in the ending, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. But that last fight with uh, Billy Russo was just brutal. But, yeah, I mean, any any thoughts that come to your mind, any any story points that you really want to talk about, uh, just go ahead and come off the top with them.
1: All right. Well, a couple in particular was uh, Lewis Wilson, who was the, the young soldier that was blowing stuff up all over New York and had kind of just gone crazy. And I thought there was two really cool things about this character in particular, one being the the outside world's comparison between him and Frank, thinking that that they're not dissimilar, really. I mean, they're just kind of lunatic ex-military guys that are out there Taken matters into their own hands for reasons of their own choosing. And Frank's just so happens to have some sort of code. We know that. And people who are close to him know that even that one detective, uh, Owens, I think his name is or mm-hmm. Owen. Uh, but, uh, he, even he sort of knows that. And at the end of the day, it's just, you know, there is a very thin line between Frank And a lunatic terrorist, uh, you know, the, the vigilante thing is illegal for a reason and some people can justify it, but it's like the Batman complex. It's the same sort of deal. Like the Batman's always wanted by the police, even though he's like working with the commissioner, Uh, but, but you know, the punisher, has that same sort of aspect to him and it it, it is a very thin line and, and Lewis Wilson is is dancing on the other side of it and I like that they threw that out there and made that kind of a main storyline as far as w- his public perception I suppose now knowing that he's alive again which is crazy enough
0: yeah yeah I mean that whole I mean it was a slow build to them realizing that he was alive again and uh I I it opened up a lot of story possibilities I love how Billy Russo who at the time we're still looking at him as a friend of Frank Castle once he got wind that Frank may be alive he 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 was uh reaching out to him using the old radio codes going to talk to old buddies they really did a good job of building uh the friendship between these two guys but I mean the thing that that made me question the only and this is really the only and it's not really a negative. It's more like a critique. Is that um, Frank had no problem telling his and I forget his name, that his other uh, former military buddy that he was alive. Him and him and Russo were so close. Why would you hide that from him? I, I mean, maybe that's just my thinking on it. Did, did that question pop up to you at all over the course of the series?
1: I think with something like the Punisher. You know, you're hiding this this again, this crazy vigilante, borderline terrorist kind of guy. In addition to the fact that, you know, Frank's reason for not telling people was that he was trying to protect them. He would obviously want to protect Russo. He may have even specifically told him not to tell Russo, uh, even if he came around knowing that they have that sort of relationship there. Or I guess Russo having some pretty deep pockets these days is donating some money to this you know, this this group where the veterans sit around and, you know, try and talk out whatever issues they may be having
0: okay yeah I guess that makes sense I guess that makes sense it's just that was just like I said the one question that came up in my mind um and as much as I love Frank Castle which I did and I I said how much I love John Bernthal um David Lieberman like everything (laughs) almost everything he did in the show like his story as far as like how the government made him a scapegoat and you know he was quote-unquote killed right in front of his wife and they thought he was dead and he's sitting there hiding he has cameras set up all in his house to where he's still seeing his family um but how he gets the upper hand on uh on frank castle when frank has him tied to the chair i just think was was genius like i i I found myself liking him more and more and micro has been one of those characters you know i'm a comic reader i've never really i've never really cared for micro as a character but this show made me care for the guy
1: yeah, I mean, I, I'm unfamiliar, obviously, as, as always, but I, I I like the character. I did like their relationship in particular, like I was saying earlier in the show. I just kind of, uh, uh, he, he was interesting. I'm hoping to obviously see more of him moving forward. When he got shot, part of me for a minute actually thought like maybe he was dead, even though like I immediately snapped to him and was like, no, obviously this is all part of the plan, but Um, I I thought, Oh no, he's gone. Like that a sucks and B, like this Frank, now, like just swoop in and take his family. (laughs) Uh, but, but, uh, you know, he, he was, uh, yeah, he, he came through when he needed to and, you know, good, good on micro good on David, good old David Lieberman. It it was, you know, just another character that I liked. Um, but what I, what I really wanted to talk about it and what was Karen actually is you were, you were talking about before you didn't have a whole lot to say about her. Um, this this relationship with him and her is just wow for me. Like this all makes so much sense. It tells you so much about the Frank Castle character to me. In that, like, it, it, he clearly has some feelings for her. And anybody who's out there and they're talking about whether or not they know how Frank feels about Karen, they're full of shit. Because Frank doesn't know how Frank feels about Karen, and it, it, it's like that's the, the kind of beauty of the whole thing. Like he, he trusts her, he likes her, he probably loves her. But but how does he actually love her? Uh, you know, he he's got to actually uh, you know get get sort of attached to Micro's family pretty quickly. But Karen's so different. Like he actually refers to her as family and l- loves you know. But he loves his wife. And he doesn't want to dishonor it and he's got all this stuff going on and it's just – it's, like I said, very telling because you don't get to see a lot of emotional kind of stuff out of Frank but you know he's dealing with all this when he's not killing people, so you almost kind of don't blame him.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. When he's not viciously murdering people, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I do like the relationship between them, I, and that's why I kind of backtrack and said, you know, I with the way it was set up in in Daredevil season two, I, I understand uh, their dynamic, but I don't know. I just I almost wish we didn't see her, just because I believe Frank Castle is going to pop up. I want to believe he's going to pop up in other shows and maybe have it fleshed out there. But I mean, she really. Did need to be a part of his story i mean honestly she she attached herself um to him a lot in that season too so i do understand it that way i was probably a little bit too harsh there
1: um, yeah oh also also where it ties back in with micro is micro's wife kisses frank micro sees that and then like he's in an angry drunken rage for a little while but then when he sobers up He, like, realizes, like, he doesn't blame his wife. He, like, she's presuming her husband's dead. She waited a year, like, before she even attempted to kiss somebody else. Frank's wife is dead. Like, she's single. Like, he's got to play the role. And he kind of comes to grips with it. And uh, in a weird way, maybe Frank can now kind of justify loving Karen if, in fact, he loves Karen in that way um, because of that kind of moment that he had with Micro there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and especially when you look at um when you look at uh the fact that Matt is probably moving on from Karen and Daredevil, it seems like he's he's fully in love with Elektra at this point. Karen and, and Frank make sense and I mean, it it just does and I'm I'm interested to in seeing how that folds out. But uh Let's let's get into when when the season finally you started realizing that it was going to be Russo versus Frank Castle. Um, once you started getting into that area of it, how did you feel about Russo being the villain? Like, did did that take you back a little bit? Because I know you hearing the name Russo, you 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 didn't know the comics where I did. So I always like to get uh, your your view on that since you you're not jaded by the comics. But how did you feel about that?
1: Um, uh, I didn't necessarily feel one way or another about it, but like, I I guess I felt kind of tricked because I guess over the course of the maybe episodes, you know, the first couple episodes that he had appeared and I kind of was guessing where the storyline was going. I was like, oh, maybe he is a good guy. Like I said before, maybe he is actually on Frank's side. And then when he turned, I felt sort of tricked and, and stupid about it. But uh, ultimately, I'm, I'm happy that they handled it the way that they handled it. There's one more ultimately. Um, that, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, if um, my fear was that they would go the way that they went with uh, with Diamondback and Luke Cage and that in the course of these next six episodes or whatever the case may be, that he would get some sort of power or some sort of boost up and – Now it's like the big, super epic battle at the end. And we did get the big, super epic battle at the end, but it was the way it needed to be. It was close. It was raw. It was visceral. It was, you know, just history of violence kind of just two guys beating the crap out of one another him scraping his face all over after them building up over the course of the whole season that billy russo never takes a shot in the face despite all the fighting he's ever done and and it was just poetic in the most masterful of ways so yeah i i thought it, i thought it was all just very well done
0: yeah i mean the fight scenes overall uh in in this show were just so on point like they just they felt the right level of brutality, I mean everything about it. Um that ending fight between those two, like there's a point at it in which you can see in Russo's face he's just done. He just was like, you know what, I like and and I love uh, that.
1: I love there that. There was one shot where his whole cheek was just not there. And I was oh like I cringed. Yeah, you know, it was horrible yeah yeah it, it,
0: that was such a terrible <laughs> terrible way to go out man and, and and i love the fact that he's not dead so we can get him i mean much like they did with kingpin and daredevil season one um even though he popped up in season two but he's back to being the main villain in the season they're shooting now so i mean russo may not come back immediately but we're gonna get him i mean we're, we're gonna get him at some point and like th- that next confrontation i can't wait to see between these two characters
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm very interested to see what they do with Frank moving forward, because I don't see a Punisher season two anytime soon. Maybe does he pop up in any of the other shows at some point? Do they do a Defenders two before Punisher two, in which case he could maybe pop up in that, which would be awesome. Uh, I don't know. What, What do you think about maybe the next time we'll see Frank or Pete? Um
0: i hope that we see i hope that we see pete pete castigliano was that was Cast, that his...
1: <laughs> castignoli or something Cast... yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah i hope we see him um i mean it's kind of easy uh, to see him in daredevil and since we've already seen that dynamic i almost don't want to see him in daredevil season three honestly i wouldn't mind seeing him
1: pop up in luke cage like that would be optimal. Absolutely.
0: Exactly. Like Luke Cage just thinks he's just some some villain uh, killing people. And we get a confrontation between those two and maybe even, you know, a, a two episode arc or something just with those two. I'd love to see that
1: just any episode of Luke Cage just whatever he happens to be doing he's in the barbershop whatever the case may be and boom a bullet just like hits him right in the head it just like falls into his hand or his coffee cup or whatever <laughs> you know something like that and then it's we find out that for whatever reason uh, Punisher was trying to kill him or was told something about him and and so the story goes That would, that would be pretty cool
0: yeah yeah absolutely man that, I'm because I, I, I had never thought about it before that, um, but yeah, that seeing the dynamic between those two and just seeing how uh, Luke would react to uh, <laughs> to Luke K, I mean, not Luke Cage, how um, he would react to Frank. Man, and that's one of the things that they've done. I mean, I gotta say, uh, and give them their props, the way that they've set up this universe, this MCNU, uh, has been just, just almost on par with the way that they set up. Um, the MCU, like it, it's it's it, the, the depth and the fact that you truly feel like these characters now are really intertwined these worlds. And it wouldn't be weird at all to see Jessica Jones pop up in an episode of Punisher in the, in the future. Just it would seem like that's the way it should be.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's all very, it's, it's just smaller in the, you know, in that it's just New York. Basically, right? You know, it's not the whole world like the MCU or even beyond the world. In in many cases, Asgard. You know, anywhere the Guardians have ever gone. So in in an in, in infinity of uh, in an infinity rather of fiction, you have going with the MCU with with the MCNU, you, you just have New York and Hell's Kitchen, and you know it, it's just. Very in Harlem, for that matter, and just Manhattan and all sorts of stuff. It, it's just very confined, and it's, it's cool, and it's, a, it's easier for them to do five characters in one city than they have to try to do something bonkers with the 29 million characters. The MCU's got going at this point, so it, it's cool that they take the time, And with the exception of Iron Fist, they've done a spectacular job with just about everything
0: yeah yeah and I mean even Iron Fist like some of Iron Fist I will say was made a little bit better by Defenders to me um, and I mean even going back and watching it I don't think I'm as harsh on it. I was just really hyped for it and I love the character of Danny Rand I hope that they get him better with season 2 but that, that's, a, that's a conversation for a whole another day um, I do want to ask you uh, as far as like the way that this show was shot I, I will say this right now this show out of all the mcnu shows felt the most like a movie to me like i and maybe that's just me maybe they finally just settled into a budget a sweet spot but like just the 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 shots of new york city um how the fight scenes were done this felt like movie level fight choreography and in some of the shots to me
1: uh, I agree. And it also felt that way, I think, because it felt so independent of everything else. with the exception of Karen, there was really and you know Turk and a couple other you know little hangovers of uh, Detective Owens. Uh, but you know, other than those random little bit of crossovers, this very much kind of stood on its own. Uh, if you were trying to introduce somebody to the MCNU, Kind of stuff you could just as easily Have them start with the Punisher If you were trying to use it as a selling point And uh, they could always go back And see Daredevil season 2 And it would just be a prequel I don't think it it would affect anything
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, there's there's threads, of course, that are picked up from Daredevil season season two, but not too many to where this show wouldn't make sense. Um, So, yeah, I agree with maybe 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 that's why they left him out of the Defenders. I mean, when you look at it, really, the Punisher is the start to phase two of the MCNU.
1: That's how it feels. yeah Yeah,
0: so um i mean yeah and then you have to know like disney is starting its own streaming service so a lot of the shows are moving over there eventually or it's it's kind of weird um but I mean, they're just they're just building out that catalog like they're they're going to legit have a beast on their hands with the way that they're doing all this. And and as much as it sucks for Netflix subscribers to, to lose this content and have to subscribe to something else, Marvel, well, it's more of a Disney than Marvel thing. But Disney did it smart. Like you've gotten everyone used to these shows. Everyone loves these shows pretty much, except a couple of them. And now when you move that over to, to Disney, you have to think some of the hardcore fans are going to just come over with it.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not gonna you know probably subscribe if it's available on both i'll keep with netflix or whatever but you know i i might have to consider it if all the marvel stuff is going to disney uh, plus i got a kid i'm sure she can watch some disney stuff too but uh, you know um yeah i would i would jump ship or at least have to add that subscription service on to to get mcu anything honestly they're getting my money so wherever it goes whatever it costs
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah they're doing that and Star Wars is getting a live action TV show over in that new service when it starts. Like, and it's it it it's good for Disney because they hold some of the most beloved franchises that nerds love. So like, they, they know they're gonna have that built in already. Like, you got you got the MCU, you got a Star Wars live action show, as well as uh, I think a new animated shows coming over there too. And they're talking about doing smaller films specifically for that service. Like, yeah, I'm I'm signing up day one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I hear you. So uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you, in case you weren't going to ask me, ultimately, where does this rank for you as far as the shows uh, on the MC and you? This is right up. So uh, initially
0: after seeing it, I said, and I think I texted you this, too. It's right up there with Daredevil season one to me. Um, I think now just looking back at it, it's a little, very little below it. But it's so it's it's my number two, um, with Daredevil season two following it, and then Jessica Jones, then Luke Cage, um, then Defenders, and then Iron Fist. I don't think I missed one. So yeah, that that's 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 my list. Where where does it stand on yours?
1: I think this is like number two for me. Honestly, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a significantly different order than you. I was Jessica Jones this is still my favorite. saga so with that first. Uh this being the Punisher number two. From there, probably Daredevil season two. So, uh, weirdly enough, the Punisher again getting into my top three <laughs> twice, and then uh, Luke Cage, Defenders, Daredevil one, and then Iron Fist. I think that's everybody. Wow! But,
0: so, Daredevil one is is that low in yeah. your list? That's surprising. But I mean,
1: I, I just think I think two was better than one. So from there. Um, I just I didn't love one as much. Going back and watching it again, which I have done, it, it was better than I thought initially. But still, season two was just I don't know so much more stuff with with Frank involved, obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and Jessica Jones like that that show to me was just so good as just a TV show. Like almost the superhero element was needed, and it had and it's had the best villain of the MCNU to me
1: oh yeah the Killgrave element was just perfect the pur- purple man um i'm very interested to see where it goes from her moving forward season two of jessica jones is something i've been as heavily anticipating as i have anything in the mcu or mcnu for that matter um I'm, i just like i said season one I loved it. I think I've probably now watched it at least three times through. I just think it's it, it was good. Like you said, Kilgrave was a huge element. She's great. The whole aura and feel of of it. It was just I don't know. It was, it was grimy, just like New Yorky. <laughs> no, not not to equate the two, but <laughs> it was just it, it felt so real, and all of it was just wonderful. Uh, I don't know. I can't wait for for whatever they have in store for season two, as far as the villain concerned.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so I want to ask you this, I, you know, I like leaving off before we leave with just some random question to, to, to <laughs> get a peek inside the, the mind of Andrew Bello. But if you could pick Marvel, whether it's the MCNU MCU to do any DC character, who would it be?
1: To just, like, bring them into the MCU or have their own feature or whatever? So what, 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 what for Kev,
0: Basically, Kevin Feige and his team to do a DC movie, one DC character movie, not really bring them into the East MCU, but for them to run and direct and, and produce that movie.
1: Oh, wow. I guess it would be The Flash, because I'm just so intrigued by the infinite possibilities of The Flash and to see it done really well, which... Frankly, I think they did in Justice League. But to see it done maybe a, a little bit more seriously, a little bit more sciencey—I I don't know, something along those lines. Uh, but uh, I would like to see The Flash done. Uh, there's going to always be a million bajillion Batman and Superman movies. The Flash is something I just – I don't know. its It's counterculture in a weird sort of way. I just want to see that done very well. In, in the modern times I, I have watched some of the TV show and I think that's alright but to see it on the big screen is obviously a whole nother story
0: yeah Um. if I had to pick and I guess I should have thought about this um, before I asked you if I had to pick honestly um hmm you know what only because um, of how well they fleshed out asgard i would say let them do aquaman
1: i could see that yeah or wonder woman very very similar um in in my in in many respects in my opinion anyway i see those those parallels between uh, wonder woman and thor a lot but but yeah aquaman's almost in the same boat with the amazons being I guess, parallels to the Amazonians at, at least at one period in time. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, the, the more parallels as far as characters is definitely Wonder Woman and Thor. But Andrew Bell, anything before we leave left that you want to talk about? The Punisher, MC, NU, or just anything on your mind before we
1: tell the people good night? Um. I think we said it all, man. I don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much there is to talk about. I'm looking forward to it. What is the next one? It is it is Jessica Jones, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it is Jessica Jones. Oh,
1: well, I'm very, very excited for that. Very excited for any and all things Marvel. We'll be back talking Black Panther before we know it, I'm sure.
0: Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We'll be talking about that. And then shortly after that, uh, Infinity War, which... Man, we got to plan something big for that.
1: Ooh, you know what? That's what I want to say is I think I've decided I'm going to do my absolute best to not watch any trailers, spoilers, anything of any kind for Ant-Man, which is after Infinity War. I haven't seen or heard really anything other than the little Captain Marvel might be potentially tied up in there but i don't want to i don't want to spoil it i felt like ragnarok in some respects the funny moments felt um excessive because i saw half of them in all of the commercials and the trailers so maybe if i don't have that same vibe with ant-man which is definitely going to be on the funnier side it'll be a little bit better so i'm going to try and cut myself off at all possible times hopefully that works out we'll
0: see. Yeah, I'm the same way for uh, Infinity War. I've already made the stance that once I see Black Panther, whatever's in Black Panther, that's going to be the last thing I see and I'm not looking at And If I see Avengers Marvel on it, I'm not reading it. I just have to separate myself because I, w- I want to go into um, Infinity War completely just to to just take in what they present i don't want to know anything and they've done a pretty good job besides a couple of story points we really don't know much about it and i want to keep it that way as much as i can
1: yeah i saw the trailer already so i kind of want to i want to start completely fresh with one of them so hopefully ant man i think is the next one after that hopefully i can avoid it even though i'm already worried about what i do if they show the ant-man trailer during infinity war like i'm not gonna risk timing it or going at the last second or uh, i don't know i'm gonna have to find some way of censoring myself from it for the three to four minutes it airs while i'm sitting there
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely uh yeah yeah that's gonna be interesting (laughs) good good luck to you there exactly (laughs) but all right man tell the people where they can find you
1: They can find me online to talk about politics at The Andrew Bello. That's T-H to the E-A-N to the D-R-E-W-B-E-L-L-O. And to talk about wrestling, MCU-related things, all things funny, wonderful, and not so politically conscious, basically. Uh, You can find me at WWPN Bello. That's W-W-P-N-B-E-L-L-O. All
0: right. Well, Bello, until next time, peace. Peace. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that review. You enjoyed this episode of The Awakened Soul. Like I said, sorry that this week wasn't as in-depth as, as it is sometimes in The Awakened Soul. Uh, holiday week, so short week, uh, I, we'll, we'll get back. Believe me, next episode next week is going to be a doozy for sure. Um, nonetheless, this is The Awakened Soul. I'm CEO Hayes. You can follow me at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. More importantly, if you want to send me any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, do it at Pod at gmail.com. That's where I can be reached as far as in the email format. Again, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for taking this long. If you made it this far, stealing this from Andrew Bello, you are a brave, brave soul. Thank you again. Good night. Love each and every one of you. Peace.
2: Ciao. Ciao. Blowing niggas, with busty ass, German things, giving the double as I motherfucking claim the fame, throwing your wetsuit, when it rains, and pours and all, hit them with the fall, don't even know him from a hole in the wall, get at me, niggas wanna clap me, snitches wanna rap me, put it right where they back be, keep my thumbs close to me, enemies even closer, sending kites with the motor rollers, yo, give them the cold shoulder with a hollow tip to match, bad apple out of the bat, Success so Seth forgot, since a little dude eating niggas full buck fifties, niggas could kill me but they coming with me, how and the Queen B to attack Only your fly bits like that Could leave him relax Rock him to sleep Make them think the drama is dead Yo, I smile up uh, in your face but uh, I'm fighting the stack Yo, it's the real shit real. Shit to make you feel shit Lump them in the club shit Have you out the out When you bump, bump this. to your ear from the war uncut Have a nigga OD Cause it's never enough Yo, it's the real yeah. shit Shit to make you feel shit Lump them in the club shit Have you Head-pop out the out When you bump that to your ear from the war uncut Have a nigga OD Cause it's never enough Hot damn hole, here we go again. Light as a rock, bitch. Hard as a cop, bitch. This shit not for blocks. Through hard tops mm-hmm. in the parking lots. Where my nigga rock like the spark a lot. My brook style speak for itself.